had been thinking about for a little bit, what are we going to, you know, talk about? I used to ask God, okay, so what are you talking about tonight? <laughs> you know, what are you going to talk about on Wednesday night? Um, because I really don't want it to be me. Um, you know, I really want it to be him because I want people to be ministered to. And when you come in here, um, not just me, all of us who minister, we want your needs to be met. We want you to hear from God. We want you to get what you need. So it's not about us. It's about you and it's about him. Amen? So tonight we're going to talk about stick with Jesus. Okay? That's the title. And so I'm going to read a little bit because, you know, sometimes I can get off and then I have to scrunch stuff together. So I'm going to see if I can kind of stay a little bit on task here. So um, what I wrote was, we are 11 days into 2023, which means we have 354 days remaining in this year. And I want to challenge you that no matter what may come, that you will stick with Jesus. Okay? No matter what may come. Stick with Jesus. Okay? Um, You see, we have these awesome promises in God that are not based on our feelings, our flesh, our emotions, this world's economy, the Dow Jones, who's in office, our bank accounts, um, you know, other people, you know, all kinds of things. All these things that I just named are are subject to change. As you know, all those things, world economy is subject to change at any time. God's economy never changes. Amen? Um, but But God said in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord and I change not. He is faithful and true. He is the Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is our savior. He is our redeemer. He's the great I am. He's our provider. He's our healer. He's our peace, our joy, our shield and buckler, our shepherd, our father, and so much more, so much more. So I'm encouraging you to dig your heels in and draw a line in the sand that no matter what comes my way or comes your way, I'm sticking with Jesus. You see, I believe 2023 is and will be a year of great victory, signs and wonders, restoration, new things, prosperity, grace, whatever you and I need, but God tells us not to forget him. So, you know, a lot of times um, we talk about, you know, the fact that we could have tribulations and things like that. I mean, that's part of living on this earth. You know, Jesus said, be of good cheer. You know, we're going to have, things may come our way that may not be good. I'm not predicting anything like that, but we live in this world, okay? And so we can't be ignorant of the fact that things may come our way. You know, that may not be, quote, unquote, good. But, but God, right? So that's why I say no matter what comes our way, we need to make sure that we've already decided that we're going to stick with Jesus no matter what. But then there's this side where there is all the good things. 
And so we have all the good things, and all the good things are coming, and we're seeing the victories, and we're seeing the manifestation of God's goodness, and we're seeing how God is blessing us, and we get the new car, we get the new house, or we get the promotion, we get, um, you know, whatever it may be, we, we are able to afford something, we're able to put more money in the bank, we're able to give more money into the kingdom, whatever it may be. Good or bad, God does not want us to forget him. Because some people get the blessing and then they forget where the blessing came from. Then some people have, you know, they may come up against something and they forget that God has the answer. And so instead of turning to him, They're looking everywhere else. So either way, we got to stick with Jesus, right? Either way. So turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to look at this. I'm actually going to read from the New Living Translation. And this is something that um, Moses was saying to the children of Israel. Um, So Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 6 through 18. So just for the record, I am expecting good things. I'm expecting good things. I'm expecting this year to be a great year. Amen? So in verse 6, it says, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and the hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plenteous and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. You know, even just stopping to thank God when we eat a meal. It came from him. We should acknowledge him. Amen? So he says, um, when, um, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna 
in the wilderness of food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good. He did all of this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the, com the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with, the, with an oath. So in reading this passage, we're not going to cover every single scripture, every single um, um, verse, but basically what he's saying is that God is blessing you. God has blessed you. God wants to bless you. It is his will. It is, it's his oath. He's made this oath. He's, he's made this, um, what's the word I want, um, commitment to do this. But he's saying, you can get all of this, and you can have all of this, but don't forget me. Don't forget about me. Moses was rehearsing to the children of Israel all the things that God had done when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Many times I rehearse what God did for me when he saved me. He brought me out of my land of Egypt. And he brought me into a place of peace, a place of joy, he brought me into a place of love, of acceptance. He did so much for me. I can, I can still remember. I remember being saved as a young child. I remember I was um, like five years old, five, six years old, and I remember asking Jesus in my heart. And I remember how it made me feel. Now, there was a lady in my life at that time. She was like a grandmother figure to me and a mom figure to my mom. My mom was a single mom, so Miss Page took me to church. And Miss Page, you know, told me, taught me about Jesus. But then Miss Page left, and she was an older woman, and so her family wanted her to move and, and live with them. So I would go and visit her for a little bit, but then we lost contact. So there was a point in my life where, you know, I was in high school. I remember I went to uh, youth services and stuff like that. I won't talk about the church I went to, but I didn't learn very much. I don't know if it was them or me, so I won't put it on them, you know, but I didn't learn very much. So my, my um, Christian education kind of came to a standstill. But then there was a point in my life, in my very early 20s, I was like, okay, God, there, there's got to be more to life than this. And so, how you know how faithful God is, he brought somebody into my life that invited me to church. And I went to Crenshaw Christian Center, Dr. Frederick K. Price's church, and my life was radically changed. I recommitted my life to God. And I can still remember when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. They laughed at me so much because 
I mean, I was just so full, I couldn't contain it. And they're like, can you wait till we pray for you? I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. I just know something's happening. So I remember those things. I remember prior to me calling out to God, I felt like I was about to lose my mind. I was under so much stress and dealing with stuff. I re- so I rehearsed those things. God brought me from those things. I remember different things that have happened in my life, how God has taken me and brought me to a place of victory. And so I cannot, I will not forget God. I will not ever say, by the grace of God, I'm not going to serve God. I serve God because I love him. But you know what? He loved me first. And so when we are being blessed this year, don't forget. Don't forget God. Expect the blessing. Expect good things. Expect raises. Expect promotions. Expect unexpected money to come in. You know, expect the goodness of God to show up in your life and with your children, your grandchildren, you know, scholarships, whatever it may be that you're believing God for. Expect it. But stick with Jesus because all that stuff is just stuff. But God is faithful. God will not change. You know, when most millionaires, when they lose money, do you know they get it back? Amen. (laughs) They can lose all their money, but they are confident that they're going to get it back, and they get it back. Because they knew what it was, that they did to get it in the first place. They know if they do the same thing, do the same steps, it's gonna, they're going to get their money back. Well, when it comes to God, we know who God is. We know that he's not going to change. We know that he's faithful. We know that, okay, if, if I come to a, 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 you know, a block in the road, that he's going to help me get over that, Right? And he's still going to bless me. He's still going to help me. He's still going to restore for me whatever it is. We can count on him. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So, um, Pastor David, on the first Sunday of the year, he talked about Jeremiah. I should ask you guys, what scripture did Pastor David talk about on January 1st? Jeremiah 29, verse 11, right? So, um, it says here in the King James Version, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That's what our senior pastor Reminded us of. God has thoughts about us. Amen. First of all, just to think that he thinks about us. 
What is man that thou art mindful of him? (laughs) He's mindful of you. He is mindful of your situation. He is mindful of your, your, um, the things that he's promised or the things that he has stored up for you. He is mindful of you. He is mindful of me. Amen. Praise God. And he's got good things stored up for us. Praise the Lord. You know, I, was, um, I saw somewhere, I wrote, made a note of this, but there's this book by this guy called Herbert Locklear. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's called All the Promises of the Bible. He said that, um, that there are 7,147 promises in the Bible. 7,147. So God's got 7,147,000 promises for Amen. Think about that. 7,000 promises. And he's thinking about us. And he's thinking about how can he get those promises to be manifested in our lives? How can he get us to um, partake of those? Praise God. So the Amplified um, version of Jeremiah 29 says this, For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. And I want to read verses 12 and 13 as well. He says, Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed you. And then he says in verse 13, then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity. A vital necessity. And find me when you search for me with all your heart. Praise God. Is he a vital necessity to you? Do you have to have Jesus? Can you not live this life without him? Can you imagine not having Jesus in your life? I can't imagine not having Jesus in my life. I don't know what I would, I don't know what I, first of all, I don't know how other people who don't have him, I don't know how they do it. And actually, you know, they don't. That's why we need to tell them about Jesus. Okay, so here's a few promises that um, I wanted to share with you. We're going to look. There's no way I can look at 7,000. Share 7,000. Y'all going to have to look at those for yourself or either buy that book. He's, okay, so the first one um, that I wrote down is he wants to provide or prosper you. Okay, so some scriptures for that. Deuteronomy 30. Chapter 30, verse 9. In the New King James Version, it says, The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. 
So here we see that the Lord God will make you abound in all the work of your hand. So if you are working, you know, on a job, God will make you, your, the work of your hand, abound. Amen. That's what he's promised. Amen. That's, what you can, that's what you can declare. Amen? Now, you know, some of you may not be working a job per se. Um, some may be stay-at-home moms. We might have some stay-at-home moms in here. If you're a stay-at-home mom, what you're doing at home, whatever you set your hand to, God is still prospering it. That's still work. That's a lot of work, <laughs> right? So um, if you are serving in the church, God will prosper, will cause that to abound, what you're doing, what you set your hand to, right? Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. The New Living Translation says this, and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So in this particular, now we know in the verses ahead of it, it's talking about how we are to, um, you know, determine in our heart how much we're going to give, right? Okay, so it talks about our giving. Um, But then he says that he will. You know, it's not a might. God will generously provide all you need. So he wants to be your provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and provides. That's who he is. He sees ahead and he provides. So he knew you were going to have that need before you knew you were going to have that need. Amen? The Amplified Bible of, of this particular verse says, And God is able to make all grace every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Praise God. That's a mouthful, but that, that's what God wants to do. Amen. Praise God. And then, of course, we know Philippians 4.19, but my God, everybody say, but my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. These are promises of God. These are his promises. Praise God. Promotion. That's something else God wants to do. In, in Psalm 75, uh, verse 6 and 7, the King James Version says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is a judge, and he putteth down one and setteth up another. You know, I think about uh, the story of Mordecai. Remember Mordecai... Uh, Actually, the king was, for whatever reason, you know, looking at the books, ancient books, and he saw where uh, Mordecai hadn't been rewarded for telling him about a plot on his life. And so he was like, well, I need to reward him. 
I need to bless this man. I need to, you know, promote him. And uh, so, you know, you guys, if you're familiar with the story, Haman thought he was talking about him, and he wasn't talking about him. (laughs) He was talking about Mordecai. So Haman had to put a robe on him and, you know, parade him around the city. But, you know, that was God. Haman thought he was up here, but he really wasn't. So Haman was put down, and Mordecai was lifted up. If you're on a job and you see people being promoted, and maybe you have, uh, you know, applied for a position or whatever, let me be assure you, if you are living right for God and doing what God has told you to do and you're doing what you're supposed to do on your job, promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from God. And if you apply for something and you don't necessarily get that particular job, that means God's got something better for you. Okay? But you must, and I say this with all sincerity, you must maintain the right attitude. You must remain the right maintain the right kind of heart attitude not just your you know your your um soul attitude but your heart attitude must remain right because see you're the christian on the job and if people see you talking and 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 saying stuff that 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 is not right or that's ugly You never know who's watching. Your bosses may be watching. Your bosses may be listening. They don't want anybody in a position of authority who can't deal with their emotions, who can't take a no. Um, My oldest son, I remember he um, had wanted a, a position, had applied for a position, and he was like, Mom, the person who got that position, um, they, they weren't even as qualified as I was. They, they, you know, I don't understand how they got that position over me. And he was hot. <laughs> and I was like, and I told him the same thing. I said, David, keep your heart right. I said, you know what? I said, if anything, you go to them and you ask them, what could I have done differently to attain that position. What I was saying to him is, humble yourself. Okay? And so he did that. And lo and behold, he didn't get that position, but he got another position, and he got a better position in a better place. And... Actually, it just happened to him again. But this time, he had a different attitude from the beginning. So now he's moving from Texas to Arizona, and he's an associate director for his company. But he was trying to come back home, trying to come back to Las Vegas because there was a position here. He didn't get that one. But he got the one, yeah, (laughs) he got the one in Arizona. But the one here, he found out that the team is a mess. (laughs) He 
He's like, Mom, I would have had to go in there having to fire people, having to deal with all kinds of mess. He said, the team that I got, they're already doing well. So I'm just going to go in there and, and, and do, you know, what I know to do and take it to another level. But see, that's God. That's God. It doesn't come from people. You believe God. God knows when you need to be promoted. He knows when you are able. And don't go by what people say. People will tell you all kinds of stuff. You listen to God. People will put you down. People say, oh, well, you didn't need that anyway, or you weren't qualified, or that, and that, and that. No, you just stick with Jesus. Just stick with Jesus and walk with Jesus, and you'll get where you need to be. Amen? And it'll be at the right time, at the right place, with the right people doing the right thing. Praise God. Okay, Um, let's see. Just make sure. Okay, so another note I wrote. If you believe in God for a promotion this year, anybody in here believe in God for a promotion this year? Okay, so you believe in God. Okay, so I want to encourage you right now to begin to declare that you have the promotion, but also say, God, not my way, but your way. Not my timing, but your timing. And then you do everything that you know to do, that you can do, whether it's study something, whether it's, and I'm not talking about um, kissing up to your boss. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I'm seriously, people do that. That's not what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about study whatever you need to study, if there's some course or something that you need to do, you prepare yourself. We need to do the natural things as well as the spiritual things, right? Okay, all right. So, praise God. So we believe we'll hear your testimonies of how God promoted you, all right? And it'll be a testimony to tell. Amen. Um. And again, like I said before, if it doesn't come right when you think or the one that you think, keep your attitude right. Okay? All right. So God also wants to do uh, good things for us. Psalm 8, 84, 11, in the New, Trans- New Living Translation says, For the Lord God is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what's right. God will not hold any good thing from us. Amen. Romans 8.32 says, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Good things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Then favor. That's one of, this is one of my favorites. Um, Proverbs 3, 3 and 4, the New Living Translation says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. 
Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. So you'll find favor with God and with people, and you'll earn a good reputation. Favor. And then uh, Psalm 512 says in the King James Version, For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, without compass him as with a shield. God will put like favor around you like a shield. So everywhere you go, favor. Favor. Expect to have favor. Expect things to be changed, for laws to be changed, for, for things to be done differently just because you have the favor of God on you. God's favor. You should walk in the room. I know I've got the favor of God. Walk in like a king's kid. Praise God. The favor of God on you. God says he surrounds you with favor. But you have to expect it. You have to declare it. When my mom was here um, last week, I guess. Yeah, I guess it was last week. She, we, everywhere we went, she was like, my goodness, we sure have favor. <laughs> I said, yeah, we sure do, don't we? <laughs> you know, people were going out of their way to do stuff for us. And she was like, we sure do have favor, you know. And, but I was thankful that she recognized it. I said, yeah, we have favor. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Then also, um, Wisdom. God gives us wisdom. So see, you know, all of these things that we're talking about, doesn't this encourage you to want to stick with Jesus? I mean, all the good stuff is with him. Praise the Lord. So wisdom, James 1, 5, we're familiar with that. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you asked he's just waiting for you to ask what do you need to know about what do you need wisdom about wisdom for what do you what do you need wisdom for who knows all god who lives inside of you who leads you and guides you into all truth yeah. Praise God. And he gives it generously. He, he doesn't not, you know, like, well, let me just give you just a little bit. No, he gives it generously. He gives you insight into the very nature of things. It's like, God, what's going on? What do I need to know? Give me some insight. Help me to understand. There's more to this than meets the eye. There's more to this than what I know. So tell me. Help me. Help me to understand. You know, when it comes to our, our finances, we're going to have that um, the, uh, workshop next Saturday. Um, 
And when it comes to our finances, how you pay your bills, how you spend your money, how you budget. Do you know God knows how to help us with that? He'll give you ideas. He'll give you strategies. He'll show you how to get out of debt. You know, my, um, my youngest daughter, she challenged me. I was like, why did I let her challenge me into this? But anyway, I, I want to support her. So she's like, Mom, we're going to do this envelope thing. I said, okay, what is this envelope thing that we're doing? So she said, so she said, you got to have 100 envelopes. And so you write, you know, the denominations, you number the envelopes, so one to 100, which represents money amounts. So she said, now, every week we get, every time you get paid, you got to choose an envelope, you know, just randomly choose an envelope, and whatever denomination is on that, that's what you put in that envelope. And I said, okay, so she said, so we have to do this for a year, and I'm like, okay. And I said, well, how much money are we going to have when we do this? <laughs> so she said, well, if you do it right, you'll have about a little over $5,000. Now think about that. 100 envelopes, and you're putting a denomination in each one of those envelopes. And if you do it every time you get paid, you should have at least $5,000. That's a strategy. I have, my husband and I, we've, we've saved our change for a year. And then we go in and at the end of the year and turn it in. And we have money for spending money for vacation. $700, $1,000, just from saving change. Just put it in the jar and don't touch it. But that's the discipline of it. But it's a strategy. And that seems so simple. You just put money in, the, in the, you know, just your change. But that's what I'm saying. God is able to tell us different things that we can do to help us. You know, some people, when it comes to their, um, um, you know, they do like the snowball effect. On, with paying off their bills. They take one credit card, the smallest one, pay that off, and then they take that money that they were paying on that, put it on the next one till that one's paid off. Then they take the money that they were paying on the two, put it on the next one, and before you know it, they've got them paid off. But God knows. Wisdom. Your children. Your job. Your relationships. The wisdom is available. We just have to ask. Amen? And then, of course, do, too. So then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says... Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So again, seeking his will 
trusting him, depending on him, not you, not your own understanding. I can do a lot of thinking. It's like, well, what about this? And you know, I figure out this. Well, can we do what I think? No, God, what, what should I do? Amen? Um, so also he wants to um, bless and multiply us. Remember when he was talking to Abraham? He said in Hebrews, well, in Hebrews 6, 13 through 14, it says this, for when God made, made promise to Abraham, because he would swear by no greater, he, sw- he swore by himself, saying, surely, surely, surely I will bless. Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying thee I will bless thee. I will multiply thee. So he said to Ab- Abraham, Surely blessing you, I will bless you. So he told Abraham, I'll bless you, and not only will I bless you, but I'll multiply you. So he wants to bless us. He wants to multiply us. And there's other scriptures, but I'm kind of running out of time, so I'm going to keep moving. Um, Blessing for serving. Those of you that serve, Galatians 6, 9. Serve in the, in the house of God. Um, New Living Translation. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't get tired of doing what's good. Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. God is not unjust. He won't forget. He won't forget, and not only will he not forget, but he will reward. He will bless you. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. So even in serving in the church, God, God's aware of that. Everything that you do, he is aware of. And in any way he can, he wants to bless you. He's looking for opportunity to bless us. But again, he wants us to stick with him. He wants us to remember to honor him, to keep him first, to keep, to make sure that we don't take credit for what he did. That's very important, that we don't take credit for what God has done. It's not me. Anything good, and I tell people a minute, anything good is not me. It's God. It's God. Praise the Lord. So that means if something's not good, well, (laughs) he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. So have grace, 
right? <laughs> Give me grace. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, um, and there's so much. You know, God can be trusted. You guys do know that, right? He can tr be trusted. Um, Joshua 21, verse 45 says, um, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord has given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, for all the promises of God, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. All the promises. We said there it's at least 7,147. So all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. So one last scripture, Hebrews 10:23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. So I wanna leave you with that. God can be trusted to keep his promises. Can we be trusted to give him the glory, to give him the praise, to give him the honor, to remember him, to put him first, to stick with him no matter what.